Hello, everyone. Welcome to the California Association of Tactical Officers podcast, where we discuss a variety of SWAT-related topics. We believe tactics are a science, and the art is in how we apply those tactics. My name is Marcus Sprague. And I'm Brent Stratton. As part of the Cato community, we have opportunities to learn from extraordinary human beings. In part one of this two-part episode, we discuss Johnny's first mission and many of the leadership principles that translate to the rest of us. In episode two, we continue to discuss Johnny and Jason's adventures and the lessons we can take away to be better leaders and followers. Since then, I've spent time with both men, and I can tell you that I walk away a better person each time I leave. I hope after this episode, it is also true for you. Do you ever think someday, and you talk about this a little bit in your book, someday I'm going to be in America? So it's, it's my dream. But being in America is so far. I didn't believe it yeah. until the day we flew from Baghdad airport. I didn't believe it. We land in Oman. I didn't believe it. We land in Chicago next day. I want to target by stupid three X last year. I didn't believe it. <laughs> we moved yeah. to Al Cajon. I took my son Mustafa to Seven Eleven. You remember? Yeah. And I called Tushin, I told him I get lost, but don't worry. There is like big shop sign called 7-Eleven. You should find me. He says, bro, 7-Eleven is fucking everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a white I, I didn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, you know what though? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. It's you know that one good decision. I, I wrote it down as you were talking. One good decision leads to another. And that leads to another good decision. And that leads to a life well lived. You know, when it's all said and done, you're looking where you are, but it's all can be traced back to all these good decisions that you made. And and Jason kind of talked about it because I don't know if we taught you or or where it came from in your, your upbringing or how you were raised or, you know, what decisions you made that led you to that point in your life to be available to work with them and to continue to work with them and make those decisions that ultimately put uh, change the, the trajectory uh of, of your life, you know, and that's, uh, I mean, that's a really, it's a big component of, of life. I don't know that there's a whole lot of, whole lot of these one singular moments that you can look at and go, that's the exact thing right there that, that led to this, but there's a lot of good things that you did, uh, along the way that got you to where you are. And I think it's really cool. See, this, this is the things I, I believe in it and I keep doing it until now. Don't let us lose the American dream and reputation, because this country built on that. Of course, built in sacrifice, built in the blood and the sweat and liberty, everything, you name it. But for people outside of the United States, always they believe about the United States is the last land of the freedom and the dream land too. There's hope. Uh, hope, yeah. yes. Pursuit of happiness. And yeah. tomorrow, you're on tomorrow in the United States. And this is where I came from with my journey. Like without any option, I am told guy, I start playing basketball. Not because I love to play it, but because I have slingshot and make trouble in my neighbors. So that my family, they push me to play basketball and I found myself through the basketball. And Basketball take me to country music, John Wayne, uh, Kenny Rogers, Kenny Rogers, all the, yeah, ladies are so many ways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and all these kind of things. Well, the American, we love, we love John Wayne yeah, and uh, Kenny Rogers and Bakersfield. We yeah. love him. I have I have book from John Wayne. So anyway, my point is, all these kind of things 
all this dream, build the right foundation to accept working with, with Americans no matter what. So imagine if we have this reputation again, and this dream again for all the people around the universal, we win-win. <clears throat> but what we can I say is Obama has fucked it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why the story is, to me is so cool is that, uh, and not, like I'm, I'm still kind of like amazed that I'm a part of it, but uh, you know, like God, you just watch the news and uh, you just watch the news and you know, we're so divided and toxic with each other. You know, everybody puts, we have this like asinine desire to put each other in, uh, lump each other into groups based on stereotypes. You know, you're white, you're black, you're Mexican, you're an immigrant, you're not, you're educated, you're gay, you're straight. I mean, like, who cares, man? Like, what matters is your character and how you conduct your life. And that's why I think this story is really cool because, you know, Johnny, like I said, is a Sunni from Mosul, right? I mean, arguably that's the most Al-Qaeda-friendly <laughs> city on earth or one of them and you know beta she's shia okay so you know there's been some kind of like rift between the two since you know the early 600s uh you know you got a bunch of americans seals of all people you know atheists agnostic christian jews uh all kind of coming together going hey let, we got to get him out of here man because why because he's a good dude he's he's a good human being no and one he, says he is Muslim or he's yeah, nobody a Christian. Cares. No one, no one shit. Shit. It's stupid. Yeah. It's just a label, you know? Yeah. It's like, are you good or bad? You're good. Okay. We will die trying to help you get out. And, uh, man, it's amazing, like, how many hands were in this process from uh, the day, I, you know, you and Wiz called me asking if we could get you out to the day he got his citizenship. I mean... I could write, I mean, there was congressional staffers, there's people in the cabinet, there's damn near every SEAL who set foot in Iraq had their hands on Johnny in some way, shape, or form work in this process, man. And it's like, you don't see that kind of mobilization to help somebody unless they're really good people. But, uh, you know, there's millions of good people out there. And, man, it's, you know, if you're good, you're going to work. You know, the pursuit of happiness, not guaranteed happiness. Uh, well, come on in. Well, you know, we we yeah. welcome you because all you're gonna do is make this country stronger. You know, we're lucky to get him out of Iraq. You know, because I I know when I first broached the subject to Johnny, I'm like, it's like halfway through deployment. Sam was with the NCIS yeah. guys, and he took he was another Iraqi. Uh, they got him out of Iraq to Egypt because his house kept getting uh blowed up by bad guys, and uh, so I hit Johnny up. I'm like, dude, do you want to uh do you want me to try to get you to the States? And he's like, no. I mean, he was almost offended, man. He's like, no, dude. I'm like, I want America. I'm going to see Iraq succeed. I'm going to make Iraq like America. I mean, he had a vision of an American, like an American version of Iraq. And I was like, wow, that is so cool, man. Like if there was more people like you, Iraq could be a kick-ass place, you know? I mean, you got parts of Iraq that are like the Kurdish, Kurdish areas. Uh, even during the war, I mean, you know, guys could go out and get coffee and it was like thriving as much as you can in, in uh you know, war-torn country, but, uh, you know, Johnny had this vision to see it be like America or uh, an Iraqi version of America. And I think once uh, 
he realized that that was never going to happen. <laughs> he, uh, saluting him. Uh, the, uh, it is peanut butter whiskey. It's peanut butter whiskey. You yeah. had a good thought, and I broke it up. No, I apologize. Did you see how he yeah. took the picture? I was trying to take trying to take a picture. Like a victim. <laughs> like 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 Tushin said. Like one of the things. It's not confused me, but it's like there's people they don't understand, and we are in very educated country and in 21st century. All this kind of things we still have this kind of. Bullshit thinking. Like when I uh, announced I supported Trump for uh, travel ban, I didn't mean I support Trump as person. No, I support him as president of the United States. If he make mistake tomorrow, I will not support him. Anyone serve our nation, I will support him. You know what I mean? I don't care, Democrat, Republican, whatever. The problem is with my people, Muslim people. They call me traitor. Shame on you, you are Muslim, this kind of things, you know what I mean? And this is kind of what those guys talking about. Yeah. Right. Trump, he don't want to bring refugee from overseas unless we have complete database. Makes sense to me. I don't want to have my gun to escort my kids to the school because this is what happened because we don't have border, we don't control the border. So where is the problem with that? This is one. Second thing, for me, and I can say it proudly as American, if United States underneath attack from the Vatican, which is a Christian holy place, or from Saudi, Muslim holy place, I don't give a shit. I respect it, but I will fight them back. No matter what. And I'm not going to ask Tushin, hey, are you a fucking Muslim or... You are American, that's all what I need. You, you know what I mean? This is where we mix religious with our loyalty to the nation. This is how I understand from those guys. Thousand mission. No one came to me and talked between them. Oh, John, he's fucking Muslim. How we can trust him? None of that. We have amazing sacrifice story. We have amazing respectful story. We have amazing dignity story. Not depend on religion, depend on the brotherhood. So. Yeah, it's the only thing that chaps my ass and like talk, you know, in the news today. I mean, it took three and a half years to get a guy who had a stack of recommendations from admirals, from all branches of service, from you name it, going, hey, this guy's life is in danger. His family's life is in danger. He has sacrificed. He has done all this for the country, for, you know, chump change. And he needs to get out, and it and it took that long. It's just it, it's just so morally repugnant that it took the you know the powers that be that long to grant him a visa to get here uh, with that whole rolodex of stuff. And then you want to go, oh, just let everybody in. No, man, you can't do that. There's a, a vetting pro. I mean, you were vetted more than anybody, and you know, it, I mean, you proved yourself immediately. But it took you know three and a half years of vetting. Are you kidding me? That's the yeah, part that ridiculous. that's the part that strikes me. You talk about the characteristics and the great qualities that he has, and the resume that he has that he's built, and it took that long to to get here. That with connections, right? Yeah. With with connections. You said anybody, any seal that had stepped foot in Iraq was you know pretty much doing anything they could. You're talking about congressional staffers. You're talking about admirals. You're talking about all these people. It's clear to me. I mean, being a process oriented person, or the processes 
so badly broken yeah. that how do we maintain that we maintain that hope throughout the the world and that we receive um you know good people that come and make the fabric of our country better and and how do we do that you know and fix our fix our process and i know that's not the purpose no, yeah. of what we're here for today but it's uh as i sit here and hear you say that it's it's inspiring to me to hear that and it's a great reminder to hear that because those are those are things that are lost in in our conversations honestly we don't we don't talk about that like jason talks about we, oh you're republican you're democrat you're black you're white you're you're uh, immigrant you're not i mean but what what you're talking about the very core it, it gets to the very core of what we should be and what we still can be and what and it, and it shows it's still what we are you know that's a inspiring and a great reminder and i think it's like you know when you look at the military or law enforcement i would even throw teachers should be in that mix too. I mean, people who have, you, you are held to a high, you should be held to a higher standard, right? And it's up to us in those roles. I think you have a, a moral obligation to the country to uh, set the example, be, be the example of what right looks like. Uh, I think it's lost or we focus on that, you know, 5% that, you know, give us, whether it's cops or SEALs or anybody else in the military, a black eye you know, in terms of uh, their behavior. There's, yeah, we got guys in our community who slip through the cracks, aren't good people. You know, it's hard to uh, weed everybody out, but that shouldn't be the focus. I, you know, the other 95% of police officers, of, of military guys, SEALs, uh, they're good people, man, but they need, they have, a, I think there's an obligation there when you raise your hand and uh, swear to uphold the constitution to hold yourself to a much higher standard and set the example for the rest of society to follow, you know, because that's right. I, and I, I feel, I mean, my experience, I mean, the military is pretty damn colorblind, you know, and uh, like it, the funniest thing, like when you talk about uh, like the military, when the repeal of don't ask, don't tell came, right? And there's a handful of people who are in an uproar and like, oh, that's, you know, a moral abomination, blah, you know, just going on and on. But I remember there was a, a set script I had to read right, for the, uh, that the Navy had or the Department of Defense had that you had to read as a leader to the, the team. And I'm reading through the script and I'm looking out the audience and it's all, all team guys are just like, yeah, who cares, he's gay, you know? Like, no, nobody gave a shit, but we make, we, we sensationalize and make it like this big production and at the end of the day, are you a good person? Yes, no, you know? If yes, can you do your job well? Yes, no, if yes, okay, good you're you're part of the team man like all in let's move forward yeah totally nobody it's a, just another label it gives a shit what you do that's something that law enforcement to speak about that in a little different perspective law enforcement struggles with that a little bit as society kind of changes the military still will take anybody from any race any religion yeah. any socioeconomic status and they put them under duress they give them a common goal yeah. and they come out as a team. Yeah. In law enforcement, we're struggling with that right now because we want people from all walks of race, all religions, yeah. all socioeconomic statuses, but we're struggling with putting them under duress and giving them a common goal. Yeah. And, and it's harder and harder now to really get the time, the money to put people in those kind of positions where they come out as a team. We focus so much on uh, the liability and the procedure that it's very hard now with that fragmented approach to get that team. And SWAT is actually one of the last few bastions that I would say 
Yeah. It is like that, that culture of everyone's held to the same standard. It doesn't matter what your rank is. You have to perform, you know, physically with your firearms, you know, mentally to make good decisions yeah. and remain calm under pressure and those kind of things. Have you seen that culture as a leader? Have you seen that culture? You talked a lot about how it develops itself um, once you get the right people in place. Yeah. But as a leader, how have you have you manipulated things to get there other than buds? Like say you get a group of guys into your team from all over the country, might not even know each other. Right. There's a there's a camaraderie amongst the SEALs because we know, you know, you've all been through buds. So we know everyone in this unit has been through the same common shared experience. But then yeah. you take a guy like Johnny, he hasn't been through buds. Yep. Nope. But he knows the why. And he's demonstrated that through character or bravery yeah. and selfishness or unselfishness and the, the fact that he treats people like human beings. Yep. Um, how do you mesh those together? I think yeah, it's a good point. I think you, when you talk about the why and understanding why, uh, no organization, whether it's a business, law enforcement, the military, I mean, you don't purposely go out and recruit unintelligent people, right? You try to get, I mean, you, you don't go out your way to like, uh, this guy's terrible. We we need we need him. You know, I mean, you really tr <laughs> you try to hire smart people. That's why you have recruiting processes. Okay, this guy or gal looks like they're going to be a good fit. Cool. So if you have people who you think are have someone intelligence are going to fit, uh, you'd be foolish not to tap into what they bring to the table and ask them uh, what they think and 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 uh, what their feelings not their feelings but like what they think about something we're going to do uh, and. You know, you want to, but they're also competent enough to understand why. So I think as a leader uh, with any team, whether it's all SEALs or a whole hodgepodge like I had in the last tour, uh, whenever I'd say, hey, this is what we're doing, the direction we're going, I would make sure I'd explain why we're doing it. Here's how what you, the low-paid government employee working on travel claims for the West Coast SEAL teams, you know, all day long, crunching numbers. Why, what you're doing, how you, how this fits into those guys, those 16 dudes who are sitting on the flot in northern Iraq going toe-to-toe -to -toe with ISIS day in and day out. You doing your job has enabled these guys to do it. So explaining that why to people. And when you did that, man, you could see like the light bulbs start flickering on top of their head like, oh man, I'm part of this team, you know? Like I have a role in this. Every single person... Uh, is contributing in some way, shape, or form. Fine, there's varying degrees based on your skill and what you bring to the table, but know that each and every one of you is contributing to the goal. And if you explain that why what they're doing fits into this big picture, man, people buy into it. You know, they don't have to agree with it, but they understand it and they'll move forward with it. And I think that's so huge. And that's that's often overlooked. And I think the military, you know, the SEAL teams and I think SF or, or, and MARSOC and AFSOC are a little different because you have the people that are good followers. They're going to ask why if you don't explain it. But I think, you know, so many businesses and, and law enforcement and every organization is so hierarchical. Like, hey, this is what we're doing. Go forward. Well, okay. You know, if you're a cool leader and they like you, they might bust their ass. But if they don't like you, they're going to just do just enough not to get yelled at. But if you explain why to people because you just got to go, your default position means needs to be they, they mean well or at least they're intelligent enough to understand uh, but you know what you're saying explain the why to them this is why what you're doing fits uh, I think it's more important in this day and age I think with like 
everybody bitches about millennials. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay, there's some, every gripe, every stereotype has probably has some truth rooted into it. But what I've found with that demographic uh, is they want to understand that they're relevant. What you're doing is relevant. You know, like case in point, like with the SEAL teams, I mean, every team guy wants to go and kick indoors and go toe-to-toe with the bad guy. Cool, got it. Sometimes that's not the mission, right? Sometimes the mission is to go build partner capacity in some country in the middle of the Pacific, you know? That's a bitter pill to swallow for a 24-year-old who's just out of buds who wants to just fight. Uh, But if you explain why this is relevant, why it fits into a bigger national strategy, and you might not be setting yourself up for going toe-to-toe, but you're setting a SEAL platoon up three, four deployments later down the road to actually get after it and impact, uh, you know, the war on terror, whatever it is, or, or make this country safer. I mean, it's, if they understand that, they go into it with a better attitude and bust their ass. Everybody wants to think or know that what they're doing matters. Yeah. And it's when you're doing something and you don't believe in what you're doing, not necessarily your actions, but you think it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's when you start not caring or you can make poor decisions. And we see it in law enforcement all the time. The mundane, I'm dealing with the same person, the same problem. Yeah. This is never going to change. And then you can, if you allow yourself, you can go, nothing I nothing I do is really going to matter. It is amazing watching an organization when you, when you actually, when the any leader can explain why what you're doing, each one of your departments is relevant and how it fits into a big picture. It, 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 it does transform the team into something like, okay, cool. I, I'm contributing. I'm, I'm, we're part of this big thing. And uh, it really is a quick way to uh, get a team to coalesce. I think uh, if you, if you're a leader and you can't articulate why this is important well then it's a great check system of checks and balances like god you know what maybe we shouldn't be doing this if somebody goes to me hey this is what we're going to do why are we doing that like not to be combative yeah, but I just to know. understand and if i i'm like you know all mush mouth on it it's like oh you know what maybe my idea was stupid and i need to rethink what i'm asking people to do so it's a it's a good way to keep yourself humble and grounded uh in reality being able to articulate that and then in that the 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 knock on millennials that people talk about that anyways is oh there i want to know why and they're maybe that kind of speaks to what you're talking about maybe those that are in a leadership position can't really clearly articulate what they're doing why they're doing it how it fits um and maybe that's totally maybe that's that's some of the some of the knock but you're right i mean it talks about building impacting that culture i i'll mess up the exact verbiage of it but i remember hearing a story about uh um, it was either jfk or lyndon johnson going to nasa and then talking to a janitor who was sweeping the floor. Oh, hey, yeah. what are you doing? You know, I'm, we're putting a man on the moon. You know, so you have a person who's keeping the the place uh, clean and organized so that, you know, everybody else can continue to do the work. And that's not what you would normally think. But that is so impactful and powerful as it totally. relates to building a culture that everybody there is pushing and moving towards the exact same thing. And uh, that's... That's a, that's a key. If you can create that and build that in in a, in a culture, team environment, whatever it is, you, you're building quite an organization that it, that I'd want to work for. That is such a critical piece. I mean, it just gets overlooked. I think uh, I just looked at my last job. I mean, it, you know, the uh, guy I worked for, I was his advisor. Uh, he was very, you know, he had a high degree of emotional intelligence on that. He, he in, insisted on bringing everybody in the fold like that and explaining it. You know, he'd always be like, hey, no bucks, no buck Rogers. Just to like, you know, explain how critical this low paid government employee staff was 
for the whole of the organization. I mean, it just changes the dynamic, and it's it's just a, it's such a simple thing to do. You know, we just overlook and it. And it doesn't cost very much. No, just time. Yeah, time. Just time. Know? Did you have something, Johnny? We interrupted. Yeah. Uh, so, from my understanding, is leadership like Tushin when he support me and he make me feel my job is very important. Yes. He pushed me to the limit. He pushed me to some places I never been in, 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 in inside my soul. I can't do it. Made you believe it. You know what I mean? Make me challenge myself to do the best. So this is what the leadership can build and separate motivation in each one, no matter what his position. I still remember he had the best relationship with the CPs. And always he support them. And he treat them like no shit, brothers. Yeah. No different. This is one. Yeah. Sec- second things. Can I ask you a quick question on that? Did that have, does that have any effect on you in, in your life and how you treat other people? How you, you talk oh, about yeah. your son? Does that impact how well, you raise your, your kids? Trust you- me. Like I never feel I am Johnny Walker. I have a book and people know. Never I have feeling and beta she can prove that to shit. I never feel I did something no one can do it. Those people they teach me to how I can manners my soul before I teach people to have manners. So that's why I have peaceful with my soul, with myself. So another point in the same topic. In 2006, we chasing Qaeda at that time, big time, and there is the militia. They start kidnapping, killing people, and I get confused. Like, this is not right. The militia, supported by government, the Iraqi government, they kill innocent people. What the difference between anyone, no matter what kind of religious, if he's killed innocent people, he's terrorist for me. So I told Steve Wazaski, and I told him, I'm so confused about the politic agenda, all this bullshit. This is not right. He said, okay, let's go to this picture. Random picture. He said, do you see this picture? Built by thousand pieces. We have small, tiny piece. I don't know if it's you or Wazaski. That's what it is. Small, tiny piece. This is our small, tiny piece. Let's do it the best we can. And trust me, by the time, all the pieces, they can be with us or better than us. But let's focus on our peace. It's good. Don't, Staying in don't your kill innocent people. Don't disrespect them. Do your job. Catch bad guy. Fucking kill him. I don't give a shit. And politics, don't think about politics because politics is different path. And from that time, I found peaceful with myself, with every mission. So believe controlling what you can control and doing the very best that you can there and staying in your lane and well the belief is is not i cannot believe like one of the officers we have big mission big fucking ass mission and the first guy he gets shot i'm not going to mention his name the first guy our guy the leader he gets shot in his neck they use night vision simple night vision the same one we give it to the eru emergency response unit and they use a sniper so anyway, everyone take cover and starts shooting back if he can't find it. So I have officer, short officer, 
uh, maybe like your size. <laughs> so anyway. So like um, something was wrong with him. Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> lay down. Johnny, lay like, down. Johnny, like lay peanut down. peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> Johnny went back for round two. I like that. It's like, no fucking way. I don't want to fucking lay down. I want to fucking shoot those motherfucker. We had a big argument. So on the way back, he says, bro, I know you're a little brave, this and that. I told him, so why you fucking insist to lay down? If I want to kill, I want to kill why I'm fucking shooting back those motherfuckers, you know? And at the same time, I have a small iPod. The team give it to me. And I have radio, one said radio on my ear, and another one, iPod. And I remember Apache came and C-130, and they opened back to, and I'm listening to Garth Brooks. Oh, man. I'm listening to that song, I think, Friends. Friends and, of Places? Yeah. And why the back to open and the bad she fucking shoot them is like, holy fuck. That's amazing. That's pretty awesome. And he wants me to lay down. So anyway, when we head back, I just want to concern why he want me to lay down. I know him, he's an officer. It's like, what's going on, bro? He says, oh, yo, if something happened to you, I have to carry you. And you are a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple takeaways there. One, Johnny yeah. likes to have his own theme music. That's, That's right. right. Fair enough. You know what? And I like your choice of music, man. But imagine, like, in the front of you, green screen, and you can see the C-130. This is not a classified fight. Yeah. No. And the Apache, and they shooting, and 40 mic mic. Yeah. And all these kind of things in front of you. And you got the music. Garth Brooks is like, <laughs> and officer, lay down, lay down. <laughs> Very surreal. So, hey, uh, but the point is, like, prove to what Tushin mentioned, because I can talk from now until tomorrow about Tushin. And barely I can pay him back. You, you know what I mean? For all what he did. But my point is, the team, uh, the key for the team is the leadership. If you have successful team, that means the successful leadership. And I saw that with Tushin. I saw that with Brian Sargent. I saw that. No, fucking Johnny Hyam. No, no way. <laughs> Johnny Hyam, when he became chief, do you remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Case of war break last. Yeah. <laughs> one of those guys. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Brave, one of the bravest dudes I know. Though, oh, yeah. Oh, he's crazy. Thank you for listening to the Cato Podcast. To become a member of Cato, check out our website at catonews.org. If you have a topic suggestion, please send them to podcast at catonews.org. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and rate us on the platform of your choice.